I think the hardest thing, and I've noticed this with a lot of female filmmakers, is that we feel like we have our fingers in so many pots. We're actors slash directors slash writers slash producers, and so it's like the hardest thing is narrow, like you know, narrowing it down to what can I focus on right now. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, episode 62. I'm Elise Sievert. And I'm Leslie Shannon. Today, we are talking to actor-filmmaker Lauren Myers. We discuss her feature film, Dead Billy, free on Amazon Prime. New Mexico TV and film scene. And community! community. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is funny how um, I've talked to it, because I'm in the process of trying to move here as well. Oh, okay. So hopefully this won't be so complicated to record, um, because we'll both be here. But um, but we've, my husband and I talk about all the time, we're like, oh, it's going to be so much easier. Because New York does teach you how to endure lots of hardships, yep. and l- just life is so much harder. <laughs> And louder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I envy the subway, though. Like, I, I know. I know, I know, I know that, like, my New Yorker friends have talked to me about, like, their beef with the subway system out there. But the fact that I can, like, go on transportation and, like, open a book or have a conversation. You know, like, I can, like, work and not sit in yeah, traffic. Yeah, driving. That's yeah. the biggest thing I miss is the subway. Yeah. So, absolutely. I'm, like, when I'm... Driving around here, I'm like, it was so much easier to just hop on a train, answer emails, read, yep. whatever. Well, go <laughs> no. over your script. Yes. If it's before an audition. Yes. Like, you can't yeah. do that while you're driving. You just yeah. have to make sure you get there real early. <laughs> so then you have the time to park and to fa- and to be able to, you know, rehearse. You're like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I will say, because you don't realize how much work you do while you're on the the yeah. subway. Yeah. And I just like the consistency of it. Like in New Yorkers will complain the like the MTV, the yeah. MTA not being consistent. I think it was pretty consistent, but I also had a lot of accessible trains near me. So mm-hmm. that's probably my, you always had an option, but I just, I feel like here it could take you 20 minutes. It could take you an hour and 20 minutes. You just, you know, depending on the time of day and then tell you, like have been here for a while and like learn those traffic patterns. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm yeah. like have to Google rely on lies. Google. Yeah. And it lies. And that's what I'm relying on all the time right now. Yeah. Like, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> and you'll, you'll get the hang of it. Yeah. My, LA was so daunting when I first moved here. And so I just sat down and like studied maps and neighborhoods. And I mean, I know the Valley really well by now because that's where I live. But, um, but yeah, you, you figure it out. Yeah. 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 You don't have much of a choice, so you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's out of necessity. <laughs> You're like, hmm. Well, there's such a strong filmmaking community in New Mexico. And yeah. did you make your feature there? I did. Awesome. I do you did. want to talk about that? Yes. It is, looks, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. Oh, you, but did, you guys, did you guys watch some? Yes. I watched, I watched the trailer. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, didn't yeah, get to yeah, watch yeah. the whole thing. I watched the end because I was like, I want to know what happens. Oh, But okay. I'm going to go back and watch it. But it looks Fabulous. Yeah. It's, um, so I was, I became really good friends with this, uh, gentleman named, uh, Scotty Milder, who's also a friend of, of Hannah and, you know, we're all, yeah, we all work together. Um, our podcast guests are incestuous, by the way, guys, yeah. so just so you know. I've, I've noticed. That's how it works. Um, 
And Scotty came to me with this idea back in like 2011, being like, I want to, you know, I've listened to the song called Dead Billy um, by this punk band. And I really want to write a story about like a Vietnam War vet who has an inappropriate relationship with a uh, 16 year old girl. And maybe she's a ghost or he's a ghost, like something, there's something screwed up about their relationship. And I was like, great. And he had just seen me do uh, August Osage County where I played Gene Fordham. And they wanted to cast someone a little older because the, this, the theater was really small. And they were like, it's gonna be too much for the audience to have an actual 16 year old girl play Gene. So he was like, I know you can pull off a 16 year old girl, but I also wanna show her in like flashbacks then and also as like an adult. And he's like, I think you can fluidly play both. And I was like, cool. So we started writing it and um, it was mostly him. Like I was definitely there for like story development, but Scotty's one of the best screenwriters I know. And so we did a Kickstarter campaign and we raised $30,000 back in 2012. Wow. And it took us, we shot the chunk of it in 2012 and beginning of 2013, but then over the next like two years, we were doing pickups and, um, and just, it just took a long time to edit. It was Scotty and our other producer, Dominic, um, who were co-editing and, our best friend Corey, who's who shot all of Tagged, actually, who shot a ton of stuff in New Mexico, he shot it, and um, and yeah, and we learned. Um, <laughs> well, we learned so much, but <laughs> we learned about festival submissions and what that can be like. And tell um, us about that. I have mixed feelings about festivals. I have really mixed feelings about film festivals. And um, yeah, not knowing anyone really in, in the festival world and just kind of like blind submitting this movie that is not for everyone. I mean, it's David Lynch, Aronofsky, psychosexual thriller. Um, with I think a really important message, but... Um, and being, it was over two hours. Like we finally have a cut that's at 159, but being over two hours, I think it was just really hard to get to program. So, um, but the cool thing was we took some, I took some distribution workshops and Scotty helped me out with that and found a distributor and we have, um, it's on Amazon right now through a North American distributor. And we have a sales agent international right now who's working on getting it out. So seven years later. <laughs> Features take yes. a long time. Yes. And that's the thing we always try to tell our listeners is, you know, look, if you want to do a feature, totally do it, but be prepared. Make sure you really love that story. Oh yeah. Cause you're going to be with it for anywhere between we've heard people who it's taken two years. And then we've heard people who it's taken 13. like 13. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really, you know, just be prepared to sit with it. And if you really love that story, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. And I think what what's cool about it is like I do. Like every time I go back and rewatch it or work on stuff, I'm um I'm like, man, I see so many like you see all the mistakes and flaws, but at the end of the day I'm like, I am so proud of this. I you know, I love going on Amazon and reading the good, the bad and the ugly and I'm like, yeah, there are people who hate this movie and I'm <laughs> totally okay with that. Um, especially because since it deals with like sexual assault and sexual abuse, but it does on so much of a cerebral level that a lot of people don't get it. But the people who do, I've had a lot of like victims come up to me, 
um, and talk about how much it resonated with them. And Mm -hmm. that's been, that was an unexpected result of the movie that's been really eye-opening and and gratifying in a really cool way. So, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if someone has that strong of a response to it, then you know that you really, you were really zoomed in on what your message was. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So how did you transition from acting into filmmaking? Um, it was kind of twofolded. It was, so when I was at Chapman, um, I was really frustrated with the lack of acting opportunities for myself and many of my fellow classmates. You know, one girl I went to school with was never cast in a main stage show. And everyone knew it, and it had nothing to do with her abilities as an actor. It had to do by chance. And I found that to be horrible. Um, and so a friend of mine, uh, who actually lives in New York now, we came up with a like all-student production company called From the Ground Up, where actors submitted plays, and we chose them, and we assigned them directors and um, actors. and Or everyone could like cast theirs, but it was basically an all-student production. And it's still at Chapman to this day. It's like... That's so awesome. 13 years later. Um, we, can, we can bleep that part out if you want. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's like so cool. And I think that was what kind of sparked like the producer side of me. And I was also getting into directing more uh, at Chapman. And um, so when I moved back to New Mexico, and I, when I met Scotty, actually, um, he kind of helped encourage me to to start expanding beyond being just an actor. And um, and I was also working with this theater company called Duke City Repertory Theater. And they asked me to be a company member, but every company member also had like another job to help run the company. So Amelia Ampuero, the artistic director, was like, you know, you have this background in film, so would you be interested in being our director of media and marketing, where you'll be in charge of all of our online content. And one thing that was important to her was doing trailers for all of our shows, which was a fantastic challenge um, because every show is different, of course. So you're doing Shakespeare, you're doing a thriller, you know, you're doing a comedy. And um, to make a theatrical trailer that wasn't cheesy, <laughs> that wasn't a couple of actors up on stage, because we all know that never translates, um, was so fun. And so Scotty was helping me with that. My fiance, who's a DP, um, was helping with that. And usually I would ask them to write and direct and shoot them. But as they got more busy and our schedules became crazier, um, I started kind of slowly writing and directing and then even editing them as well. Um, so ah, that was really fun. That got me like really starting to love production. And I was doing it like on no budget, of course, too. Yeah. Because like, that's always why you start doing it is because you don't have a budget to hire someone else to do it. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> and most of the time I always wanted to do them myself. Um, but then I was like, I know I don't have the means to do this. So I'll ask, you know, help from this person and this person. But yeah, it was really cool. And then the 40 hour film festival was really big in New Mexico. Um, like I've worked with Hannah on one and Scotty and I had done a bunch. I think I've done at least 11 48s in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, 48's the good amount of time. I feel like 24 is way too short Yeah, because I've done those. Oh, the 24 hour. Yeah. Horrible. Don't do them. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. Sorry. Whoever runs those. (laughs) Um, but 48s, I think I don't remember who was like, you should direct something. And I was like, 
oh, okay. So teamed up with my friend Elizabeth and we wrote, or she wrote a um, lovely little thriller and I directed it and we were like, cool, we made one. And then we ended up winning like five awards, including best director and best film that year. So we were like, oh, we might be onto something. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've only directed about two other shorts since but I've also like directed like real scenes for people's reels and um, been like helping produce like some more documentary type stuff. But but yeah, that got me that got me being like, oh, I can do this. You know, all you need is that like little push to be like, hey, like you might be good at this. You should you should continue pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hardest thing, and I've noticed this with a lot of female filmmakers, is that we feel like we have our fingers in so many pots. We're actors slash directors slash writers slash producers. And so it's like the hardest thing is narrow, like, you know, narrowing it down to what can I focus on right now? Um, and sometimes directing gets pushed a little to the side or like right now my focus is acting and writing. Um, but it's, I always feel like, I know it's like a, I don't know. It's not linear. Yeah. It's not linear. It's like very like circular seasons of different things coming in and out, ebbs and flows of. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it's a good and bad thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's bad because I feel like the waters get muddied. Mm -hmm. Um, like there are times when I'm like, Oh, maybe I could just focus on directing or maybe I could just focus on writing. Cause obviously I've spent so much of my life and I'm sure you guys are the same way on acting. Um, but then it's like, well, I also kind of like this too. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's just trying to be, um, specific in the moment, I think is the best way to approach it. I like that. It's good advice. Which I'm, I'm not always in the moment. At, yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't aim, mean you're good at aim, aim to be. To be. Yeah. Yes. Don't don't beat yourself up if you're not. Yeah. What kind of stuff are you writing right now? So the big thing, it's like my 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 precious baby, um, is I'm writing a kid story. So you know, I go from like making a psychosexual thriller to, <laughs> to writing a kid story. <laughs> And it didn't, I didn't mean to, I think it's, um, the New Mexico woman in film chapter has a screenplay competition, like write a 10 minute short. And, uh, it was the first time I'd ever written something totally on my own and I didn't go anywhere with it. It didn't even make it to like the final three, but I was like, I really like this story. And so I developed into a pilot, but my goal with it is to cast me and my best friend as the leads and selling a TV show that's fairly high budget with two no-name actors, I realize it's kind of impossible. But so my goal now is I've been working on the feature for it. And the feedback I get on the pilot has actually been overwhelmingly positive. Um, But I'm like, I know how to make a feature because I've done that. So I feel like the next challenge is instead of crowdfunding, um, like literally getting investors, get like a name director attached and kind of go from there story about (laughs) it is about a group of uh misfit kids who escape to an imaginary world like it's very steampunk world called terra luna um as their adult alter egos and they escape there as a form of um as a way of solving problems in their everyday life so sounds great yeah super cool Yeah. yeah so it's been fun exploring like steampunk stuff and 
I want it all set in New Mexico, but it's got this very like diverse cast. Like I'm half Hispanic and my, my best friend's half Lebanese. Um, like I have a native character in there. I have a trans character and it's really been fun. I've had these characters in my brain for like two years at this point and it's been really fun to think about their journeys and who these kids want to grow up to be. And we worked with a lot of kids with my theater company doing like summer camps and workshops. And I love seeing kids open up, especially in like drama and, and theater workshops. And um, so I feel like I'm kind of tackling these characters in my brain the same way. Like what can I, like what problems are they facing and what can I do to get them open up? Like just light a up. Bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel with all the stuff going on in the world right now, like we just need some like good, good heartfelt stories that are about <laughs> like love and acceptance and being the best version of, of who you can be. So I love that. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? There's stuff happening in the world. Um, I don't know. About I don't that. know. Apparently I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't read the news every five minutes. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows? So You've, you, you have this really interesting path, which we've discussed a lot. A big theme we've had as of late in the last podcast that we've recorded is the journey that you're on. And, and you talk so, um, so honestly about how, you know, focus, it's like what you're focusing on at that specific moment. Um, what is it about, what is it about writing that, that has pulled you in so much? Um, well, I've hung out with a lot of writers, um, Scotty being one of them, cause he's one of my best friends and, and Rick as well, my fiance. And, um, it's funny because Scotty is so much into like horror and grunge and really dark stuff. And then there's Rick who grew up loving like Zemeckis and Spielberg and these more like epic stories. And, um, and because Rick and I talk about storytelling so much and Scotty and I have have as well that I find this freedom in writing that I can do it whenever I want, however I want, that I don't always get the chance to when I'm acting, um, just because it depends on those opportunities. And of course we have to create those opportunities for ourselves. And so, you know, I started out writing stuff for me because I was sick of auditioning for waitresses and wives that were written in a way that I knew I wouldn't book that role based on my looks alone, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think I wanted to write characters that are more complex and more badass, I think, because we don't always see that a lot. And um, I realized that as a kid, I actually wrote a lot. But I think I got kind of disgruntled because I was focused to start writing on a much more strict level like I feel like creative writing was something that really wasn't encouraged so much in school and that's where I really thrive mm -hmm. is is just writing these crazy epic stories and I've really gone back to thinking about um like what stories I was attracted to as a kid and like Goonies is one of the first stories that I, movies that I remember watching and being like, this is amazing mm. and kind of scary, but amazing. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I think a lot like Rick, where I, I really am attracted to these just epic tales of adventure. And a lot of the ideas that I have, like I have a, a Peter Pan spinoff um, in my brain that I'm, that I'm working on as well. And yeah, just, 
don't know. There's, there's a freedom in writing that I think we don't always get to explore as actors. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I just wanted to know your perspective on why it is that that draws you in so much. Yeah. And like, I never, I mean, like I took a workshop class with Scotty, but a lot of my work on screenwriting has just come from reading scripts and talking with friends. And so I know I'm fairly like new to it, but then like when I wrote my pilot, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I got it. And, <laughs> and you know, we, we, we sit and talk about, like Rick and I will sit and break down a movie. And it's funny because, you know, I'm working on this feature and I realize like I inherently know a lot of the stuff that, the breakdowns, the act breakdowns, you know, the midpoint, like I inherently know that even though I don't even know what it's called sometimes. I'm like, oh yeah, here's my A and B story lining up in the third act. And I, that just happened. Because you've been dissecting scripts for yeah. years and years and years, Yeah, you know, just we like actors go at it backwards versus writers, you know, like it's like, yeah. And Scotty has even said, he's like, I think actors make the best writers and vice versa. Mm -hmm. That's been a theme. Yeah. The last few podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. Um, how, like, what lessons have you learned from producing and producing your own work and any advice for like actors stepping into, um, creating their own work? Um, treating people the way that you want to be treated. I, we were forced to do crew work at Chapman and I remember I was doing, um, wardrobe and one of the main actors just like left her clothes on the floor and I was like, just not even in her dressing room, like on the way to her dressing room. And I was like, hmm. And like, <laughs> when I work on, like I've worked on a few big budget sets and like I make a point to like hang up my clothes and hang them up nicely and leave everything, you know, nice and neat. And because Rick has worked as a lighting technician on so many film sets and so many of our friends, you know, that are directors and writers, but also work crew in New Mexico, particularly, you hear all the horror stories. And so for me, a happy set is a good set. And I haven't always been successful at it, you know, like we all make our mistakes and, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of like, let me take care of you. Let me make sure you're well fed. Let me make sure that you get your break on time. Let me make sure that we have good crafty and you have a hot meal. Um, and I will try to get you, <laughs> I will try to get you the tools that you need to make this movie look as good as possible. And, um, my friends have shot some low budget movies where they have enough money to hire like one or two main actors. And it's amazing how much those actors and their demands eat up a budget and how, you know, the DP will lose $10,000 in order to get them a trailer. And, and, and I know as actors, we want, you know, there are things that we need that will help us do our best job, but I think a lot of compromises can be made. And so, yeah, it's like, do you, do you want it to look really good or do you want your actor to have this like big old trailer for them to hang out in for like two days, you know? Um, so yeah, I think looking at everything from, from like one cohesive whole is really important. And like, how can I make everyone as happy as possible while, while still telling the story that I want to tell and getting everyone on board too, getting everyone excited to tell whether it's like a short that's like about Star Wars fans, you know, or, or a story with a girl suffering from sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So 
Oh, yeah. That's great advice, too, inspiring. I mean, if the crew and everyone is inspired to do their job, to the even if they're not getting paid well, to the best of their ability, the yeah. film is going to benefit from that so greatly. Because yeah. you feel the love in the film, as cheesy as it sounds. Absolutely. Like you, you feel the care and the attention that's been taken to it because that same care and attention has been given to the people as well who are oh, yeah. creating it. Oh, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously New Mexico is really known for Breaking Bad. Um, and, and Rick was able to work on it a little bit. But there was something special about that crew. Um, and th- they were proud to be on that show, not just because it was like a huge hit and showcased mostly bad things, but showcased New Mexico. But I think that there was, there was, um, a camaraderie and a love in that crew that bled onto the show. And, and everyone was like, just really proud to go to work every day. That show has had such an effect on that area still. Like, oh, even yeah. though it's over, you know, there's still a ton of film happening there. Yeah. Yeah. They they started a, a, a TV tax incentive deal. I think it was called the Breaking Bad Bill um, to really lure particularly TV productions to New Mexico. So it's That's been awesome. Good. I've noticed in a lot of your work, and you've kind of talked about it a little bit. I wanted to talk about it a little bit more, that you have very... It's very varied um, in the genres that you um, have played in because you have your thriller, psychological, like sexual, you know, and then now your kids show, your kids film, and right. then you. So, what is it? And then comedy, and P, and then a PSA type mm-hmm. um, of of one of the things that you shared with us. Um, do you? How do you approach doing these different genres? Is there anything in particular you try to do before approaching a new one or a different one or transitioning from one to the other? You know, I approach, I think I approach my work as a creator the same way I approach my work as an actor, where it all just comes down to serving the audience, <laughs> which is like the theme of, of the theater company that I worked for. Um, I consider my time with Duke City Rep like my getting my MFA because I learned so much and it was challenging and and really difficult at times. But because we did so many shows um, and so many genres, it was always just like going in and and telling the best version of the story that's going to engage our audience the most. Um, and yeah, you study you study the genre and you study the history, the time period or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's it's stepping into the shoes of that character, stepping into that world and and just bringing it to life as much as you can. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe. It's kind of hard to talk about, but but I also feel that we've watched and experienced so much content, I think as as people and as actors that in many ways you, you, you kind of know, like there's like a switch that, that flips when you, when you approach any kind of subject matter. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Do you have any, um, dream filmmakers or directors or actors you want to work with? Like you're dying to work with? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, There's, there's just like so many going through my brain. Um, I, I really loved working with the Manhattan folks. They were just 
such a joy and so I would love to work with them again because those creators were just so smart and intellectual and really forced you to think they just really engaged you in a really like cerebral way which I loved um I think it's pretty much a lot of female filmmakers who I'm attracted to lately so like um Reed Murano and um obviously like Patty Jenkins, of course, because she's like the new hit superhero director. Um, Catherine Bigelow, I would love to work with. I think she'd be so tough. I think it would be so hard. <laughs> but I think but it, it would be awesome. Yeah, like I think one you, of those like stressful, like crazy. It'd be like going through boot camp. Yeah. Like you'd come out and you'd be like, I think I enjoyed parts of that, but I am a much better person <laughs> for having gone through it. <laughs> like I feel like she would hold nothing back. Yeah. Um, You're describing my relationship to New York. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, in terms of actors, Sam Rockwell is actually someone that I would love to work with. I love Sam Rockwell. Oh man, he's just—he just seems like he'd be fun. He'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Fun and serious. Oh yeah. Like both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alison Pill is someone that I actually really admire. I really love her work. Ooh, yeah, there's a lot. But but at the same no, time, a great list. It is a really good list. At the and same I agree time, with most of all of them. Yeah, yeah all of them. I love my colleagues too. It's like whenever I'm wanting to like cast films, usually a lot of times it's it's my friends or it's people I've worked with in the past, which is comes. As no surprise to anyone, but yeah. Well, you see why it happens all the time in the industry yeah. is because when you can trust someone and you find those people who are great to work with, why would you change? Yep. No, absolutely. <laughs> you can't blame anyone for some of the nepotism that you see in the industry because it's hard. It's hard to be on a set with someone who's difficult. Yeah. And mm. the unknown sometimes. You're like, I know I can trust this person. Yes. I know their work. I know... They'll show up. I know they'll, you know, elevate the the script. And sometimes it's like, oh, I just don't know that person. I yeah. Don't know how they'll be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's ter- terrifying. Like thinking about like, oh no, let's just go with this person because I know yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, and and especially because my friends have had good times and bad times with certain like name actors that they specifically hired to help sell their film, and that's terrifying. Have you found, I mean, starting your group at Chapman, like you're a really big community builder and you've worked with a lot of the same people. Have you found like your New Mexico community here in LA? Like, have you found those people? Yes, because we, we all moved here. here. Did you all move? Like, <laughs> there's a, did it just happen that way or did you all I think, plan it? No, no it, it just happened. just happened. A lot of it is so many of us were, were getting cast in these name shows we were getting really good work um and so i think a lot of us came out here to because we we hit a ceiling and you know you're working as a local so you can't negotiate for higher pay there's a lot of downsides to working as a local um and so i think we all came out to la to like take the next step and it's been it's been hard and challenging but oh my gosh there's so many of us out here and i'll be at bars and i'll look around and i'll be like there are five new mexicans in this bar right now <laughs> 
that is awesome. <laughs> and people get really, I'm, I'm sure it's probably not too dissimilar to like the New York community where it's like, y'all are like infested everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like y'all know each other. Like are yeah. just coming in and taking it over. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's very transient, like New York is too. I mean, a lot of people who live in New York aren't originally from New York. And I yeah. find yeah. that a lot of people I'm meeting in LA are not originally from LA. Either. I know. You know, the industry is kind of people out from the middle yeah. of the country. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you meet like a local Los Angelina, you're like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> you you grew up in Burbank? What? Okay. This happens? <laughs> yeah. And you stayed? Okay. All right. The same thing. I literally, when you said that, I was thinking about the people who I know in New York that are actually from New York. And it's probably about three people. And I've been there for 10 years. Like maybe, maybe it's more like five. Wow. <laughs> but it's not very many. Yeah. yeah. It might be too, like the circles you run in. I mean, like, I'm sure. You know, you gravitate towards people who have moved there too because you're going through the same experiences. I don't know. There's all kinds of psychology with that. Yeah. But we could talk about that for yeah, a long time. Yeah, it's really fascinating. But it's nice. I mean, I think it's it's good for you guys um, to to have that community out here because like when I'm working on a project, I think we cast mostly our New Mexico friends. You know, you, you want to work with those people. You know who to call. Um, it's a lovely community and you know, when there's green chili roasting, you all go to the supermarket and uh, <laughs> get your green chili. <laughs> get your face. That's awesome. Well, where can people find you online? Yeah. Um, so for my uh, production work, they can go to uh, roomofreckproductions.com. Um, all of my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook stuff is going to be roomofreckprod. Rec being with a Q, like the room of requirement from Harry Potter. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then for all of my acting stuff, it's uh, laurenmyers.com. And all my handles are essentially laurenmyers99. And a special thank you for coming and recording with us two weeks before, before you're getting married. Yeah. Yes. Best of luck. Keep producing the shit out of it. Oh, I'm yeah. sure you're doing great. And my next production called The Wedding. Um, <laughs> I am producing the shit out of it. I, <laughs> I have no doubt that you are. Uh, well, thank you. Yes, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us. And it was last minute and everything. Oh, we yeah, loved getting to, to talk to you about everything. And uh, we look forward to everything. Keep us updated. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. For Thanks listening. for listening. Bye. Bye.